Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. All right. Hello, everybody. It's time for the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. Uh, I'm here joined with Jeremy this week. Um, we're gonna Hello, everybody. About, yeah. And we're going to talk about <laughs> TakeOver 31. <laughs> But uh, we're going to talk about TakeOver 31. And by far, this was better than, uh, to me, this was better than, what was the last pay-per-view that we did? (laughs) Whatever, last week's pay-per-view. That one pay-per-view that I can't think of at the moment. But uh, what's it called? Um, It's pretty bad since it was a week ago. I know. That's That's a shame. That's the problem that I have with some of these fucking damn shows. They end up having the same, they have different names for the shows, but it's like, I don't really give a shit about some of these, even though that it was good. Oh, yeah, Clash of Champions. Yeah. There we go. It took me a little bit for me to remember. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I always like the fucking takeovers better anyway. Like, uh, like uh, mostly because they are more wrestling focused and they don't do stupid finishes really i mean sometimes they do but like a lot of the time they usually do clean finishes for most of the guys or for most of the matches anyway so that's why i always like them better especially that i think a lot of the fucking people that they have in there right now are some of the best wrestlers that they have i mean granted they have alistair black and keith lee and all of them now on the main roster but still anyway like, it's kind of cool, too, especially with these matches, how there's only, like, five of them. And so they give them more cha- uh, chances to, like, they give them longer matches and shit. Well, the interesting part is, remember one of the things I talked about about Clash of Champions was that I felt there were too many matches. Remember, I was talking about how there, there was one that was 25 minutes long, and then there was four of them that were 25 minutes long, and then there were, the last two were... 21 and 23 minutes long. So, yeah, essentially what NXT TakeOver did was exactly what I was talking about that WWE should have done with Clash of Champions. Well, I mean, if they would just highlight some of the... I think that's the problem, too, is that a lot of them, they they got, like, fucking, like, 20 championships belts on the main roster... So it's like, oh, all of them got to be defended. So you're going to have like fucking 15 or 20 like damn championship matches, even though that they say that and then they only do some of them. 
granted because the coronavirus doesn't really help but anyway still like this one they only have like fucking four or five belts anyway i think the only thing was that they didn't have tag team belts in this one everything else was like uh all the main titles the only one was the tag belts but i mean that's why i always like that anyway is that they don't have to highlight it every single time but uh, I guess we'll start off with the first match. I don't even think that they did a kickoff or whatever anyway beforehand. They could have, but I don't know if they even have the, had any matches or not. Should have looked that up. But so far as I know, I don't think that they did. But uh, once again, yeah, it looks like I, I'm looking up the results and it looks like, or at least the cards and it doesn't show anything. But uh, anyway, uh, the first match was Damian Priest versus uh, Johnny Gargano. And I knew that this was going to be a decent match anyway because I've, uh, Damian Priest was Punishment Martinez when he was out on the Indies and in, like Ring of Honor and stuff. So I already knew that he did pretty good matches beforehand. Uh, and then, of course, Johnny Gargano is like a Johnny Takeover practically. I mean, like sometimes that kind of hurts him though, I think. In some of his matches, is because you expect so much from Johnny Gargano during his matches. So, whenever you see some where they just like kind of fall a little bit, like because this one was okay, it wasn't like my favorite one. I definitely think that the, my favorite matches that Johnny Gargano was in was with Tommaso Ciampa. I think the three oh, I would that agree they did, the ones that I've seen, because I, you know. NXT falls on the end of my um, watch, you know, unfortunately, (coughs) excuse me, because of the the day that it's on, it kind of tends to follow on one of the last ones that I actually watch. Yeah. But I tend to focus a lot on the pay-per-views, and I, I do recall that the ones that I enjoyed the most with him was when he would face Chapa. Mostly because they are both awesome as wrestlers anyway. I've always liked the twisted version of Chompa anyway, like the heelish version. Like He's went back to that lately, hasn't he? Yeah, I fucking love his gimmick now. Like he mm-hmm. comes out with a fucking skull mask and it kind of reminds... Because when he was on the indies uh, in Ring of Honor and shit, he used to do a psycho killer thing. I love his fucking entrance music, too. His entrance music was fucking way better than the stuff that he has now. Uh, And a lot of people hate his fucking theme now, like the no one will survive one. But I think it fits his character completely. Like, it's totally fine for me. Uh, I definitely think that they should have had him with no music for a long time. (laughs) Because I think that was the main person that would have worked for him to just come out. But I mean, like... I think they would have probably had him still with no music on and just had, like, his uh, ring thing, like, the videos and stuff like that be the same if it wasn't like he got injured and all that stuff when it happened back Mm -hmm. in the day. But I love his gimmick now. Like, he comes out with a mask, and it's kind of like the Psycho Killer thing because he comes out and just beats the shit out of people, and then he goes home. (laughs) <laughs> because he lost the match so he's like oh I'm crazy and then beats the shit out of him but uh what's it going anyway this and that's why I'm saying like this match was okay just because I like Damian Priest I think that he could do 
I don't know. So I, I think his match with Timothy Thatcher from like uh, NXT from a couple of weeks ago, I think, was better than this one. But I definitely like Thatcher though. I'm like I heard stuff about him on the Indies from like Cultaholic and stuff that they were talking about that he does really good matches with like everybody because he does like a lot of uh, the catch wrestling like uh, Angle did and stuff like that. Uh. But, like, he used to do that shit with Walter and a bunch of other people that are now in WWE. But I definitely think that that match was better than this one was. Not saying that this match was bad, though. Like, all the matches were good. But I definitely think that this was Johnny Gargano and Kano's my least favorite match that he's done. Like, with, like, everybody that he's wrestled with so far. Yeah, and I think that's partly because... Well, I'm not a huge fan of Damian Priest. Anytime I've seen him wrestle, I'm not that big of a fan of his. I don't know if it's just the way he wrestles or or what, but you know, I well, uh, I don't know how to even explain it because the entertainment factor for me isn't there when he wrestles. I guess is probably you know. Yeah, like, it it took me a while, like, because I like his Punishment Martinez version, like, it was a much darker version of, like, what he's doing now, like, because he would come out and he would just surprise people, it's kind of like Undertaker in a way, but it was, like, like, more demonic in a way, and I could see why they went away from that, like, uh, in WWE, because, you know, they don't like doing straight, uh, certain things so i mean uh, and it took me a while to even like the archer of infamy stuff just because i mean now like knowing that he's like kind of full tilt whereas like he he's just like oh yeah i'm being badass i got this title and he's being all cocky as shit like it starting to work for me but before it wasn't working but definitely i knew that he was gonna win this match anyway and that's what I'm saying. Like, some of the spots, like, I mean, the cool thing was his finisher, which is pretty much the crossroads from uh, Cody Rhodes. But the only difference with how he beat Gargano in this match was that he did it on the top rope, which multiple people have done, like, before. But, like, it makes sense why Gargano would lose off of it just because it's, like, more of a oomph to it. And he, like, landed almost directly on his head, too. Mm-hmm. So it made sense why he lost. But, uh, and it definitely, like, Gargano is definitely one of the guys where, uh, it's not like so. I'm trying to think of the thing that they call Cassisono, like, where it's like kind of like the ring key. Uh, damn, I can't think of the phrase that they call it, where, like, if you're really trying to get somebody over, like, if you're, if you're safe with certain people, and you wrestle with the people to make you suit and look good. And, and I think that's what they were trying to do with Gargano in this match for Priest. Where it was to try to make Priest look real good in this match. And I think that and it kind of failed a little bit, honestly, to me. But, I mean, still not saying. I definitely think that other people made him look good rather than Gargano. That's why I'm saying, like, this would be like, I don't know. My least favorite match, probably. Maybe second least. Oh, yeah, I would agree. It was... 
<clears throat> it was uh, one of my least favorite matches of the, the card. Because it was like this one and then the next one. And again, one. that was one of those things you would think that they'd... Well, I guess this kind of goes to what I was saying, though, is that, you know, you build up and you want to keep it there. So I guess if that was their goal, they've kind of hit it so far because this was my least favorite. So it built up to the end. Yeah, yeah so, that is true, yeah. So, like I said in the last pay-per-view, Clash of Champions kind of had a reverse bell curve. So, it worked up, and then it went down, and then went back up again. And you wouldn't think you'd want that. So, Yeah. Like, I definitely think that uh, probably, yeah, out of the matches, I would probably say that this is definitely my least favorite out of all of them. Like, uh, just because, like, I don't know. I was, like, invested, but not as much as, like... I'm, like, I definitely think that the Velveteen Dream-Kashida match was better. Mostly because Kashida is, like, really good in the ring. I've seen some matches from him in New Japan, and every time I've seen him, like, I've enjoyed his matches. He used to do a tag team with uh, Alex Shelley, and they called him the Time Splitters. And so, like, that's when I started following Kushida around because he's been in New Japan for, like, ages. It's kind of like Shinsuke. Like, when he was in New Japan, he was in there pretty much his whole entire career, like Kushida did. Because at one point, they were split. Like, they kind of did, like, a friendship deal with Ring of Honor. And then at one point, it was with Impact, too. But, like... uh for a lot of it, Ring of Honor and New Japan would switch around a lot of their guys. So, like, Kushida, that's how I first started watching Kushida was he was in Ring of Honor. But, like, this match was definitely fucking awesome. Like, to me, it was, like, really good just because the ending and how they ended it. And we were talking about this during the stream where it seemed like uh, Velveteen Dream might have tore a pec muscle because they kind of like did the match where Kashida went in on him and beat the shit out of him pra- practically the whole match. And then even then after the match, they were beating the shit out of him again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I had mentioned during the match, I wonder if he did something to his shoulder because he was... Um. Yeah, it has to be something. Oh, I wonder if I should look that up to see if, like, if they said anything yet. Uh, but uh, what's it called? I definitely think that uh, uh, mostly because I like this one more. Just uh, even though that I didn't think that I was going to enjoy it more. Well, I, I didn't. Have, he suffered didn't a hyperextended arm during the post-match attack by Kushida on a NXT back in September. So I yeah. don't know if they're continuing that. But it seemed, yeah. like I said, when I noticed this peck, it seemed like, um, it just seemed like there was something more wrong yeah. with his arm. You never know. I mean, they could just link and say it afterwards and it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's from January. 
Yeah, that's from last year, too. I don't know. I haven't seen anything, so it looks like everything's all right. Because you know how most of the time with WWE, they would um, they would say that, like, now. Well, yeah, they would say it pretty quick, so. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully he's all right. But, like, definitely he whooped his ass, which it makes sense anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I Double didn't realize. I thought shit. it was just, just a joke, but I guess that's how Kushida dresses normally as like Marty McFly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I think it was Velveteen Dream just messing with him, coming out looking like Doc Brown tonight. Yeah. Well, you know that Velveteen Dream always ends up having to do the mind games, which is one of my favorite aspects from him. <laughs> Is know that he always ends up having to fuck with people. It kind of reminds me of old school Rick Rude a, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He even airbrushes his trunks and all that shit. So, but definitely he whoops his ass. But I mean, like, also at the same time, Velveteen Dream sold that shit like it fucking destroyed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even even after the match, like he was just like, ah. Uh, please don't, please don't. Yeah, he did. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was, and like I said, I enjoyed the, the funny thing was, is I remember going into this match thinking that I wasn't going to care for it, and I actually enjoyed watching this one. Um, Yeah, I think that's the main thing that was different about the the first match in this one, because I didn't expect, I thought it was just going to be like, they were going to go back and forth and then eventually, like, Kushida was going to win, because I because I didn't think he was in a takeover or, like, uh, any, like, serious matches beforehand. And then, of course, when they showed, like, he injured his wrist at one point during one of the matches, I was like, oh, okay, so definitely he's going to win. But, like, they, they, of course, like, how well the the match was put together, I kind of, like, forgot it, which happened a couple of times during this whole pay-per-view. That's one thing I love about NXT pay-per-views is because you kind of have your inclination on, like, who you think we're, uh, is going to win. But then how well the match goes, you kind of forget. And then you're like, oh, Oh, I wonder if they do win, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes the same way. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. definitely, this is probably one of my favorite matches. I'm, I'm like, uh, I would probably say at least 3.5 of four stars out of this one. Yeah, I would say three for I me. I think two and a half was for the first one. This moved up to a three. Um, yeah, true that. Because the, I mean, there was what five matches in total. Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there wasn't many much matches at all, which is totally fine anyway. They don't need to have, end up having a lot of matches. <sighs> but uh, what's it called? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the of the one after that. I Ooh, think it was Swerve Scott against. Uh, oh yeah, Swerve Scott and yeah. uh, Escobar. Which, uh, I mean, definitely, that I would say that this is like right behind uh, Velveteen Dream Match. I think for myself, yeah, I, I felt the same thing. I would like say it was middle. a three, and one of the biggest reasons is, or for me, I think this is where I was talking about. I didn't know either one of these people, so I had a hard time yeah. like knowing even how the match was going to go because. 
I wasn't too familiar with either one. And I don't know. If yeah. Again, because of the fact NXT falls on my back, on the back burner. But most of the yeah. people I still because, know I mean, if these you're watching two. Raw, I, yeah, if you're watching Raw and SmackDown and stuff like that, too, it's like it's hard to keep up with that and everything else. It's like you're watching so much wrestling all the time. It's hard to keep up with Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views, NXT. Then if you watch AEW or if you watch Impact or any of the other stuff, it's like that's already like 20 hours out of your day Mm -hmm. (laughs) or out of your week or whatever. So it's a lot of content to watch. So, of course, uh, that's my main thing, too, with NXT is that sometimes I don't watch it as much as I should. But certain like marquee matches, like the the Gauntlet Eliminator or whatever match they did for uh, how Kyle O'Reilly won, I had to watch that episode because I heard that there was some decent matches on it, especially the gauntlet itself was cool, the way that they did everything. But uh, what's it called? So and this was the first match that I saw with Escobar in it. So, like, I, I was wondering, like, because I heard that he was pretty good on the indies and did a lot of good matches with a lot of people. So I wasn't surprised about that. But then I knew of Swerve Scott like I was talking about when we were just watching it by ourselves as Shane Strickland from and Killshot on the indies and Lucia Underground and stuff. So I knew what how his matches were. And there was a lot of good matches that I saw from him with other guys that uh, are still out there or some that were still in, like uh, Brian Cage. He had a match with Brian Cage before uh I'm like in Lucia that Underground, big and that fucker was from time. AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's what I'm saying. It's like Brian Cage and Shane Strickland and a bunch of the other guys, like even Johnny Mundo. I think he went against him in Lucia Underground too. I could be wrong though. Well, Johnny Morrison is smaller, but I mean Brian Cage yeah. is enormous. Yeah, he is huge, and especially he could wrestle his ass off for being a big guy, which is crazy. But same with uh, Willie Mack that's over there, too. Or, like, now he's in Impact Wrestling, I think. Same with Brian Cage, but now he's in AEW. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm getting off this subject. (laughs) But anyway, most of the time he always did good matches with, like, practically everybody. So I thought he was going to do well in this match, too. But I figured that Escobar was going to beat him anyway. Just because... uh, WWE kind of does a thing where, like, no matter what, they usually never, like, go, like, a couple of months before switching titles around. So, like, they, uh, I think we talked about it during the last podcast, too. So, like, if they've only gotten it for, like, a month or something, or a month or two months or something like that, they usually don't drop it, like, right away. Unless you're Sasha Banks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think she's the only one that it ever happened it, on. It's happened mo- numerous but, times with her. It's like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like five or six times with her and Charlotte. But <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't want to get the title if I was Sasha because you won't have it for very long. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even then, she did it on Raw too. Of like the women's title belt with Oscar, she lost that shit after like a month. But anyway, geez, 
But uh, what's it called? Anyway, so like this match was cool just because I liked how Swerve was trying to do. I mean, he already does high flying shit, but like it was kind of cool how he was doing Lucha Libre stuff throughout the match. Well, you know, and the like, one thing I can say about watching this match too is Escobar was selling the shit out of anything uh, Swerve was yeah. doing. I mean, that was at least we. I could say that about watching this match is that it was believable what yeah. was happening uh, because they both were selling it, but especially Escobar that I felt. Uh, yeah, it kind of rem- unlike Swerve Scott's reaction to a couple of the moves that Escobar did, or like the 450 splash was the main one. He did the 450 splash and then he uh, kicked out. And then he had this, uh, it reminded me of the Cruiserweight Classic when uh, Cedric Alexander, uh, I forgot what move he did to uh, Kota Ibushi, he jumped out of the pen and he was so shocked. He was like, what? He got out? He did kind of the same thing with his 450 splash and he was like, what the fuck? I did not expect him to kick out that type of thing. And that's why I was like, okay, this is the type of... And that's what I love about wrestling, too, is when they make it, like, believable where you are invested to everything that they're doing. So, like, especially when I'm just like, eh, it's going to be, like, okay, and then it was better than I expected. That's when it's always, like... Or, like, at least it, it got me watching more for it. And I love Shane Strickland or Swerve Scott. I love him. But, like, Escobar, I want to see more of now. So, definitely, I would say that this is three stars, but um, definitely I'm intrigued if they keep going with their feud. Like, if they keep, uh, especially the the promo afterwards, or actually, I think that was after the Io Shirai match or something, too. I think it was after the Io Shirai match, actually. But uh, yeah, I would probably say at least three stars for this. Yeah, match. matched up with with the one before it. It didn't. It wasn't better. It wasn't worse. So I would agree with the same ratings, actually. Yeah. So and definitely, uh, probably second match of the night for me. I would say that the uh, of course the the Candice LeRae and Io Shirai match for the title. Definitely, I knew that this was going to be a good match before I, um, because I've seen them. I think they were doing the ladder match between each other or something like that. I think that they were talking about in the package where she scraped out her eyes or whatever during the thing and made her lose the match or whatever. I think, but I don't remember them doing like a straight up singles match when Candace was a face. So now knowing that they flipped them. I like the hype package that they did and everything else, but they did a lot of cool uh, things during this match, and especially they were really hyping up like Candice LeRae is like really trying anything. Like when Johnny came out and he tried to do the pin, which always makes me laugh because it's like you wouldn't think that they would just be like, you know what, we're going to throw this out because it's not like you're the actual ref. Like well, every single but time it was like the whole like Bailey thing. Remember when she put on the shirt for Sasha? It was like, yeah, really? I mean, 
And that was even blatantly worse because she was literally at ringside the entire time. She, you know, with this, at least yeah. he came out uh, after the, the breath yeah, was knocked out. And everything. Yeah. You know, so it was a little bit more believable. But when she ripped the shirt off the ref in that other match, it was like, really? And then they finished it and left. It's like, that's how we ended that? Okay. But, yeah, I'm a fan of Io Shirai's. I always have been. So, like, when, uh, even when Asuka was back in NXT, I think she fought, and this was early on in her thing. Yeah, and, this was, like, very, very Yeah, early. and so I've been a fan of hers for a while. Um, and when she, I think she was a tag team with Kyrie Sane, wasn't she, at one point? Yeah. yeah, they were. Uh, I don't remember if there was tag team, but I know that they were supposed to be like. Best I think that's what I remember that is that she would be around at least when Kyrie Sane was in matches. And stuff. Yeah, because it was around the time when Shayna was with Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke, and they were kind of like running roughshod around everybody. So then they had Kyrie Sane be with uh, Shirai as like best friends. And I think the other person was Ember Moon at one point or something. It was around the same time. It was right around the time that Kyrie Sane and Ember Moon got called up. It was right around the same time. They were that tag team and yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Is that Io Shirai, uh, Kyrie Sane, and then it was Because they were the Sky Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, see, I couldn't remember if they actually named them as a tag team or if they were just best friends the whole time. Because um, that's when but, uh, they broke them up when Kyrie Sane went to... Yeah, went, went up, up. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, right after that, like, a few months later, then they turned them into the Kabuki mm-hmm. Warriors, which is such a dumb name. What the fuck, man? It's like they could come up with such better names. I know it's difficult to come up with certain names, but Come on, man. It's like I'm, I'm the main thing. I'm just going on a fun tangent just for this one thing. The main nitpick that I ever have when it comes to teams in WWE, especially around the time, yeah. was when they did Road Scholars. And they could have just named them Road Scholars. They had to name them Team Road Scholars for whatever fucking reason. And then when they did, instead of just Hell No, they had to do Team Hell No. And they did that with a few few teams. I was like, why, when they're already a tag team, why do you have to put team in front of their name? Yeah, no. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) Doesn't make sense to me at all why you name them Team Bloody Blah when they're, hey, everyone welcome out the tag team, Team Ball. So dumb. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, this match is good. Anyway, like I definitely love Candice LeRae. Anybody that hasn't watched any old school like Candice LeRae matches, though, definitely should check out the one where it's like it was a PWG match where it was like the world's cutest tag team, which is Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae. I forgot who they went against. I think it might have been like Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, or it was the Young Bucks. And then it was somebody else. I forgot the other tag team. But, like, Candice LeRae takes a fucking shot to the face, and she's covered in blood. Her face is, like, 
And she was like the bloodiest out of them all. But like, and I've been a fan of her ever since I saw that match. I was just like, holy shit. Because she worked harder than most of the guys on that card. Like, uh, just, uh, I was just like, holy shit. And you got to have respect well, for somebody. Joey Ryan pretty much takes all the shit. Uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They were in the because that, uh, they even in being the elite when Candice LeRae went to WWE, they were doing a, a skit for probably six months where Joey Ryan was on there and he was just like talking about they're like, Where's your tag team partner at? They're talking about her, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, Oh man, so they were beating up on him the whole time. And then, like, they're like, where's your tag team partner at? And then all of a sudden, he just gets sad. <laughs> so it was goofy. But, like, anyway, that I'm um, just going off on a side thing about, like, definitely one cool match. But uh, definitely, um, like this match, uh, I thought it was cool. So I, I definitely would say that it's 3.5 or, like, four stars for me anyway, just because I really enjoyed it. I thought... Uh, but I knew I was going to enjoy it, too, though. Yeah, same here. That's what I was saying. I, it gradually moved up as the, the night went on. And this was the uh, the second best match of the night to me. Yeah, de- definitely the main event, though. And I knew, I knew in my bones that it was going to be the main event and it's going to be the match of the night was mostly because I've been a fan of Kyle O'Reilly for such a long time and I love Finn Balor too but I've loved Kyle O'Reilly ever since I saw him in Future Shock which was a group when they were in Ring of Honor it was like I don't think that it was right when Kyle O'Reilly was starting out but it was close but like he was in a tag team with Adam Cole called Future Shock when Adam Cole was doing a the Florida Keys uh, suplex that he does as his finish, and I've been a fan of Kyle O'Reilly's ever since, just because he, he, like the way that he wrestles seems more legit to me. It's always been more legit because he does more martial artist version of like wrestling. So I've always, I have always been like that. So, uh, yeah, that match. <laughs> that match. <laughs> she, like, gets super, I think she gets, like, double super kicked by the Young Bucks. Oh, my God. Like, that was, like, the first time I ever saw her wrestle, and I was like, holy fuck. And that was before she was in WWE. But anyway. And Kyle Riley, I knew that he was going to do well in this match anyways, just because at least they gave him a spotlight to be by himself. Like, he's always been good with Bobby Well, Fitch, that's what right? I was going to say, though. I hadn't seen him team. by himself um, <laughs> ever. So it was kind of interrupt, really. And again, that's because of my lack of watching NXT more than likely uh, for why I haven't seen him. But, uh, <laughs> well, I don't think they've really pushed him as a singles guy ever. I think, I think that's the main thing was because Roger Strong and Adam Cole, they always pushed as singles guys for a long time. 
And then, but like him and Bobby Fish were Red Dragon when they were in. Uh, it was like after him and Kyle or him and Adam Cole broke up, him and Bobby Fish turned into Red Dragon, where it was a thing with Davy Richards that was there at yeah. the time. But uh, what's it called? They were in that tag team forever, the longest time. It, it probably like for uh at least like two or three years i don't know exactly for sure i would have to like look it up but uh what's it called they were a tag team for the longest time and then eventually i don't remember what happened adam cole became world champ uh in ring of honor and then uh for some reason, like he became a two-time champ and right around the time that adam cole became two-time champ Kyle O'Reilly was pushing him and like going into singles matches and then eventually Kyle O'Reilly overtook Adam Cole and he beat him once it was a very short reign I think it was only like three or four months if that but like right after that him and Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and all of them got uh, into WWE so, like, all of them got pulled around the same time. I think maybe Roger Strong was first, but, like, all of them got pulled around. So, like, I knew that, like, it was the smartest decision for, like, uh, Triple H to put them all together. I still thought that it was the best decision. I still think that Donovan Dijak should have been in the team, too, as their muscle. But, like, I mean, well, really. he's in retribution, right? <laughs> Yeah, as T-Bar. <laughs> I don't even want to get fucking involved with these stupid-ass fucking names. Those names are the dumbest shit ever. It's like, really, if you're trying to make fun of Antifa, in a way, okay, just name them T-Bar and Slapjack. That makes sense. You know, oh, man. Or Church Fart, you know. <laughs> but But anyway, I knew this match was going to be good. And I knew that they were going to be heavy hitting. And but the holy shit, Finn Balor whooped the shit out of Kyle O'Reilly for like ninety percent of this damn match. I mean, still Kyle O'Reilly came back, and it seemed like he, uh, like t- uh, hit his chin or something because he was bleeding at the t- at the end. Well, they said afterwards he, had bro- he broke his thing. teeth or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, it makes sense because, it, it, like, at first I couldn't tell, but then as soon as I saw, like, how Kyle's knee hit, it looked like he had bounced off his chest and then hit him in the chin. But, I mean, that's the risk you're going to take when you do such physical moves, too. Well, I don't like, know how he does because, the coup de gras doesn't hurt people. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like <laughs> you would have to like kind of like step on him. I don't know how from a yeah, jump. And it it I don't looks know. like a lot of the time he'll step right on their stomach, and I'm like, dude, you would have to like <laughs> suck in your gut or something for you to not get hurt. Yeah. Like and that's the main move that I'm like, oh, I would just never want to fucking take. It's like one thing when it's like he's just doing the stomp from like foot level where he's just jumping up and doing it, but doing it from the floor, holy fuck, or like up on the top rope, fuck, that would hurt. Like, But like he whooped the shit out of him in this match. But like uh, it was still good though. I mean like 
everything was very physical and it, it seemed like they probably talked about it beforehand and were like yeah let's just fucking go that's one thing i talk about like, too is finn balor i think i said it during the match finn balor never has a bad match yeah like i've never seen like fucking matches where i was like uh it's okay now maybe matches with him and baron corbin maybe but also at the same time baron corbin's very iffy to me sometimes like, I used to love his wrestling, but, like, that was, like, when he was doing squash matches all the time. Now it seems like he's, like, straight, like, Dean Ambrose, like, a 2.0. Because it's, like, he does the same fucking moves every time. But, anyway, like, most of the matches, like, especially now, Finn Balor just seems like he's just, like, I'm going to whoop your ass. And I'm totally down for that. <laughs> so... Yeah, when I saw this match, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then, of course, it ex- exceeded my expectations. So, yeah. So, I definitely say that this is at least uh, probably out of the past couple of takeovers. I enjoyed this match more than the Carrying Cross versus Monster Champa match. Like, uh, same with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. It's like I, I enjoyed it better than that one. Like probably the past like few takeovers, I, I enjoyed this one way more. So, yeah, I definitely say like it's at least high up on there for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the one thing we didn't so, like talk about was the fact that they had. Uh, a return, and then I don't know if you would call it a. Ret- oh yeah, yeah. forgot. Yeah, I should. I should have yeah. mentioned that too. And I, I, it's yeah, I don't know if you'd want to call it a return or a new per a couple of new people. Yeah. To- I mean, uh, like Tony Storm, I think it was mostly. I don't know actually where she lives like now, but like I know she was mostly NXT UK. And she was from Australia, but I don't know if she was, like, living... Because we haven't really seen her since the coronavirus stuff. So I'm wondering if she, like, lived in Australia or something or whatever. Or either that or just was, like, taking time off because the coronavirus stuff. I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. But, like, it was cool to see Tony Storm show up. And then, of course, I saw the vignette beforehand i think it was last week on nxt or something where it was showing like a biker and i was like i wonder who that's gonna be and then of course ember moon showed back up which thank god they took her off the fucking main roster because they fucking ruined her on the main roster they didn't do jack shit with her at all when she was on the main roster no, I mean that it was totally fine for me when I uh, I saw that she was back in NXT. Oops, kicking. Dog yeah, and then down. you had the other one uh, was uh at the end uh, at the end of the. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, fuck, I forgot his Rich name though. Holland? Like he he was kind of. Oh yeah, Rich Holland. That's what it was. He was from NXT UK too, but like he was kind of like I think he was on last week's uh, edition of NXT also. Like he beat up somebody. I forgot who though. But like he he, see, he seems more like a bruiser type. Like he comes out with like a, a 
I can't remember the caps that they do. There's certain ca- uh, hats that they wear, or um, generally speaking, when you're from England, you know the type of hats that they've seen. I don't remember what they call the hats, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. I can't really tell you. I think it's the same hat that he was wearing to the ring when he was dumping Adam Cole. I didn't see that he was wearing ring. a hat. Or, I, th- I mean, he might not have wore a hat. It's kind of like a golf oh, hat, uh, kind uh, of. Yeah, okay. You're just talking about a, uh, a driver cap? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, it's something like that. I thought that, uh, like, I've seen it on piggy blinders maybe like uh whenever i watch any like thing from like bbc america i always watch like the the show some of the shows and they always have that fucking cap on but um, that's what i recognize it towards i'm very generalizing and stuff like that that doesn't really help but anyway he comes out in like a billy club type of thing whenever he comes out to the rink but he's always in trunks like they're called flat caps and oh well, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> or scally caps. But, uh, what's it called? You're talking about the ones that are rounded but, uh, with the stiff brim in the front, right? That have the... It's kind of like a stiff rim, but then it... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I would have to actually see the cap again for me to... <laughs> for me to be like, yeah, it was that one. But uh, what's it called? Anyway, he comes out with like kind of like a billy club thing. But, like, he kind of comes out like he, if you, okay, saying like if you're in a pub, like in Ireland, England, whatever, and you see a dude, like, like one of the bruiser types that just sits there and drinks a bunch of, of fucking beer, and then he, it's just not one of the guys that you want to fuck with. That's what he looks like. <laughs> like, whenever he comes to the ring. So, yeah, th- yeah, that is what it is yeah but uh what's it going but uh anyway he's a bruiser i forgot what movie does he does like a pounce like kind of like the same pounce uh, it's not as impactful as keith lee's because keith lee could fling you out of the fucking ring it's like that gift that he did with adam cole where he like fucking pounced him out of the fucking ring It's kind of like that, but it's just not as like impactful. But I can't remember his finish. It's like I don't know. The finish is okay, but like anyway, he seems he seems like kind of cool, and it looks like they're trying to build him up, and it makes sense too. So like I'm intrigued with what they do with it anyway, especially knowing that they're pushing Adam Cole right now. I just hope that they don't break up on Disputed Era anyway. I hope that they don't. I think it's going to ruin them, especially if they bring them up on the main roster. It's just going to ruin them totally. But anyway, that's beside the point. Northern Grit? I guess I'm on as well. It's called Northern Grit. His finisher? Oh, for what? Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I just don't remember what. Obviously, it wasn't that important. I'm like, for uh, it wasn't so much for me to remember it if I don't remember the name or the Northern Lights Bomb. 
Oh, well, yeah, I think I saw him do that anyway. But, I mean, like, so many people do the normal Northern Lights uh, suplex It looks anyway, kind of so like really so much different. The way it looks is like the Northern uh, Braun Lights Strowman's. Braun is kind of tight, though. Uh, hold on a second. Oh no, it's but yeah, anyway. it's like a uh, just like a yeah, it's anyways. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the and that's the main thing. That's why I was like, okay. Yeah, because it's like a normal uh, suplex except you do it on the opposite side of your body and you kinda sit power bottom kinda at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. But uh, <laughs> what's it going Yeah, so, like, I'm intrigued with what happens with them anyway. Uh, like, I wonder what they're going to do. Especially knowing that the, uh, the Carrion Cross already came out, or while well, Scarlet Bordeaux, or actually, I don't even know what her name is uh, in WWE right now. But anyway, like, one of them was saying, I'm watching. So I think eventually... I think that Finn Balor is eventually going to go against Karrion Cross, and then Karrion Cross might beat him. I don't know for sure, but so I. Well, think when's Karrion Cross going to come back? Because doesn't he have a? Well, he only had a separated shoulder, so it shouldn't be that okay. long. I mean, like with me, I had a separated shoulder, and I was out for like a week. So, like, it, it wasn't that long. It was well, like it seems odd if it wasn't so, that I mean, long they might that be they. Took the title off him. That's just what what was weird about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It might they could have like waited. So obviously, it might be more than just a separated shoulder. But uh, what's it called? So I guess and uh, what's it called? If you like any of her stuff, we're starting to. I'm gonna try to make weekly uploads now for the podcast instead of like once a month we're thinking about doing it for like at least we're going to start reviewing AEW Dynamite so because I just felt like we should start doing it so that'll probably be me and Jeremy like consistently every week so and then uh, we're going to start trying to do other uh, type of things so like uh, the main one that's going to happen is probably either going to be Wednesday or Thursday I don't know which time but it's probably going to be either Wednesday or Thursday and then probably uh, like a few days later we might do another one I have something planned for a CM Punk related episode which I haven't planned that out it was going to be this week but like takeover happened didn't realize that it was I honestly thought the takeover was going to happen the day before but at least they're starting to make it like their own like little thing now they're even doing them on sundays and all that stuff so that's cool so if you like any of our content we have like a whole website and youtube channel and all that stuff where you could check all this stuff out we uh we do i think the i don't know exactly when we're gonna do the dnd stream it's probably gonna be soon like within the next week or so so but if you like any of that stuff uh you could like comment or whatever down below or comment uh uh we've done like fan related stuff too so if you want us to like review a certain 
pay-per-view or any of that stuff, you could just comment and let us know. And uh, for me and Jeremy, I guess we will talk to you guys in the next podcast. See you guys in the next one. People.